Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 55 of Casting the Net. Today's episode is all about the Eucharist. And Father Dave and Rick talk about what God is about in the Incarnation. They want us to think of spiritual growth in a way that is similar to our natural growth. How the Last Supper is meant to be an ongoing encounter. And Father Dave had a great quote where he says, The faith is not a hobby. It's integrated into who we are. So enjoy episode 55, Casting the Net. Hi, I'm Father Dave Nuss, together with Father of Four, Rick Lingvine. Welcome to Casting the Net. We are in search for catching the faith. Friends, we are at it once again, and you have been caught in the net that has been casted. Casting the net. It's Father Dave and Rick. How you I, doing, I, Rick? I like that. I like that uh, that intro. Yeah, I know. I kind of casted. Yeah. I feel like I broke a rule. I <laughs> at least the mold of what yeah. I usually say. Right? Yeah. You've been caught. Yeah, variety's variety's good. <laughs> Grace has a way of doing that. It catches us when mm. we when we permit it to be received. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. And and that's the conversation that that we share is how the gracious God is uh, relentlessly pursuing us, but not as a not as a predator, as a lover. <laughs> as a lover. It's not it's not Shark Week yet. No. <laughs> well it might be at your house. It might be Shark Week. Every every week is every week Shark is... Week at the Ling Bio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Baby shark, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, I just I came from karate, uh, karate lessons. Oh, uh, you know, so I see. It's it's something to be like. This is Maggie, our second our second child, uh, and she she's our kid who's probably going to move to the Oregon coast and like sell <laughs> homemade soap at a farmer's market and and drive around in a an old jeep with a pet, pet chicken in the front seat or something like she's very can all of she's her very own sensitive yeah. and she's very empathetic and so to, to see her do something intense like karate is just it's it's just dripping with irony it's, it's hilarious <laughs> but she loves it i mean it's, it's great i love watching it um she she may be the apex predator now that she knows karate in, in, in the shark week uh home that is the limby house but um, i see yeah. <laughs> this this um this uh, capacity and capability that was dormant. That's right. Right. It's been <laughs> yeah. activated. Yeah. It's been let loose. Watch out. Let loose. Yeah. Look out world. Here she comes. <laughs> yeah. The karate kid. Yeah. But yeah. well, I suppose the Lord has a way of looking at us in, in, in similar fashion, right? We're uh, just kind of smiling at some of the things that we um, were willing to try. Mm-hmm. And he knows if we can just uh, with his help, persevere and what that is mm-hmm. um, great things are going to follow yeah how's this for a segue and, and one of Please. the one of the chief uh perhaps the chief forms of help he offers us is our topic tonight the eucharist wow it wasn't bad was it? wow that was really I'm getting, good i'm getting okay <laughs> you you were thinking about this during karate practice i think <laughs> that's right <laughs> you were working on that but he does he does he the the sacraments aren't these things that he gives us it is the intense desire of the one who is love for us to be brought into the fire of his love. Yeah. 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 It's, um, I, I, I know this idea through Aquinas, although I'm sure, and I'm, I'm sure he's not the only one who speaks of it, but, um, you know, he, he's fond of speaking of the sacraments in general and Eucharist in particular 
as an extension of the incarnation. Yeah. Right. So, so generally speaking, <clears throat> what God is about in the incarnation is, is meeting creatures of flesh and blood in flesh and blood, mm. you know, mm. and the rules of time say that, that we can't encounter that as it was back then, but through the sacraments and in particular, in particular through the Eucharist, um, you know, the, the salvific events of Christ's life can be made present here and now for our benefit. Mm. Um, so it's really, it's, it's an encounter of Christ is what we're, what we're doing when we Incarnation receive Incarnation extended. Yeah. Right. Extending his own incarnation. I've, I've never heard it quite phrased like that. Yeah. So in quoting Thomas Aquinas, as you did, what a, what a powerful, what a powerful truth. I mean, how different do they become? Do all of these, these encounters become if we approach them as the incarnate one himself mm. extended yeah. so that we can meet him. It's certainly been, uh, you can, you can, you can think about it and you can look at the Eucharist from a number of different angles. It's, it's a many, many faceted teaching of the church and, and a lot of the ways that you approach it will, will be equally valid. But for me, it's been extremely helpful to think of the Eucharist in these mm. terms. Um, and really what it is, it's, it's, a, it's God's answer to a really fundamental human problem. Mm. You know, I mean, in Catholic theology, we sometimes talk about human beings having a natural desire to see God. Yeah. Um, which you, know, you kind of have to be careful about that expression because it's not as though we are born with this innate thought that oh, I, I want to see Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Right. It, like, renders, it renders baptism yeah, uh, that's, inert. That's right. That, that's, that, what I just laid out, is a grace. That's supernatural. That's yes. beyond our natural yes. capacities. Yes. But what we do have is this really deep-seated longing to be happy and feel complete and feel fulfilled. And I think... You know, experientially, we all understand that that's uh, not something we achieve in this life. You know, mm. Those things that we really want and we really think are mm. going to make us happy, big and small, um, yes. maybe make us happy for a time, but eventually the restlessness returns. Yes. You know, um, that job that we really wanted, it's okay for a while, but, but you know, reality hits. You know, the, the car, the new car that we really wanted, mm. the, the arrival of football season, you know. <laughs> Again, things big and small, they, they, they satisfy us for a time, but that re- restlessness recurs and we um what we come to see is that we want this um you know we want happiness through perfect beauty through perfect truth through perfect goodness rooted in the ultimate reality which christians know is the trinity yes you know? and so this presence we desire is at least provisionally provided for in in the sacraments through the eucharist yeah. in in particular and so. the last couple of episodes we've sort of grounded this conversation where we're going to take a zoom lens with the different sacraments that Christ has established. But if we don't have the principles of that uh, undergird the event that every sacrament is the, the incarnation, the incarnate one extending himself, that every one of these events is that he has established and does so for us and for our salvation. Yeah. If we don't have that, um, formed within us, we're at risk of reducing the profundity and the splendor hmm. of the encounter. Yeah, yeah, that's well put. Um, I know Francis de Sales um, points out that the reason why otherwise good people 
um, you know, fail to fulfill their obligations to God and to neighbor primarily comes from a failure to remain in the presence of God, hmm. you know, and, and we, we, like when we talk about throughout the course of the show, when we, when we've talked about, um, you know, taking moments of recollection or moments of re- reflection during the course of your day to, to recall God's presence and God's goodness and all these other truths of the faith, that's really what we have in mind. Yes. Um, and the Eucharist, the sacraments in general and the Euchar- Eucharist specifically is, um, you know, God's great assistance um, to us as we try to remain in his presence. Mm-hmm. You know, if we take the Eucharist seriously, um, it becomes a lot easier for us to discharge our duties and to consequently grow in intimacy with God. Mm. Not unlike you as parent reaching down to a young child, perhaps by analogy, so does God. Yeah. The one God who exists as three divine persons, the one true God reach down to us, Mm -hmm. right? So that we could be, we can draw near him. Yeah. In, in ways that we would understand, you know, that's, that's, uh, as a parent, that's, that's, that's parenting one one. You have to, you have to reach them where they are. Mm. Um, and if you map out the way the sacraments work, it, it's not a perfect analog, but mm-hmm. a helpful one for me is to think of it and you know, to think of our spiritual growth in a way that's similar to our natural growth. You know, we're mm. born, we develop or mature, and we have to nourish ourselves throughout the course <laughs> of the journey, right? So the sacramental analog to all that would be the birth and baptism maturation and confirmation and then sustaining or, um, or nourishing ourselves through Eucharist. Yes. You know, um, our bodies transform the things that we need from our food and our drink into, I mean, it's, 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 it's united with us in a really yes. intimate, in, really intimate way. Yes. Um, very similar to the way the Eucharist works, except with the Eucharist, Christ isn't transformed into us. We become more like him gradually. We, we use the word Eucharist, but we also use a lot of other words. Yeah. Right. The church is, in fact, I recall the catechism, though I didn't prep by reviewing this before we started our conversation here. (laughs) Uh, I recall that the catechism outlines a number of different titles Hmm. that we use to express this same encounter or event. Mm -hmm. Mass, Lord's Supper, Mm -hmm. divine liturgy, that might be more in the Eastern church than Mm -hmm. in our tradition. Eucharist, sometimes Holy Eucharist. So all of these venerable titles describe the same great event. Yeah, highlighting or underscoring a different um, a different facet to it. Another one too that just came to my mind, and this is straight from the scriptures: this is breaking of the bread, which is a distinctively Lucan way of speaking about Eucharist, about Mass, mm. and the evidence as we continue to talk about. The Eucharist is throughout the throughout the scriptures in the Old Testament. It's foreshadowed the manna in other places. Hmm. In the New Testament, it's fulfilled in the very words and the promises of Jesus and in the commands that He gives to those who are members of His ecclesia, His church. I'm also aware of that verse in the second chapter of Acts of the Apostles. So after Pentecost and the great coming to Christ of so many who heard Peter preach with a fervor and a conviction that he had never before commanded. The early church is described. There are four marks of the church. They're not one holy apostolic. They're different marks. In other words, the church, Luke, who writes Acts of the who's inspired to 
to author the Acts of the Apostles, is inspired by the Holy Spirit to describe what what is this? What does it mean to be church? What are we doing as mm. church? And one of those four marks in that description in Acts two forty two is breaking of the bread, which is Luke and code for Eucharist. Right. That who we are as followers of Christ and members of his church, who we are as a community, who is steadfast in belief that Jesus said what he meant and meant what he said when he issued the command to do this in memory of me. And what is the this? The Last Supper. Yeah. The Mass, the first Mass. Right. That that needs to be done again and again and again and again, not as a mechanical action, but as an ongoing encounter to be nourished as we continue our trek across the earthly stage. Mm-hmm. As, as community, I, I, you know, that's, that's a hard thing for a modern 21st century American to hear. You know, I think we, we touched on it a little bit in, in previous episodes, the, the need for mediation um, and how difficult that is for, for some to, to wrap their minds around Equally difficult is the notion that um, receiving communion uh, binds us together, and it only takes place within community. Mm. Um, it's we, God wants to save us as individuals, but not in isolation. Yes, like we're, we're incorporated into His body as members. Well, we're not competing against one another. No, no. So if I beat you there, I don't win. Mm. <laughs> right, my. The working of grace is such that it moves me to grow in care and compassion for you as brother Mm -hmm. and to want to do what I can to lay down my life, right? In other words, to sacrifice and to set aside my agenda, my desires. Mm -hmm. When I I discern, see, recognize a greater need within you as brother, right? Christina is sister, whoever it may be, that it's communal helping one each other. Yeah. I mean, that's the only way you can live out the Christian life Yes, is, is in communion with others. And we spoke about that earlier as a reflection of the Trinitarian uh, revelation. That's right. That's that right. community is that is the, is the, the crux of who God is, is mm-hmm. this eternal communion. Yeah. And the breaking of the bread as acts details is, is a, is fundamental or, or, or nourishes feeds that, uh, that activity. So much so that it's essential for the life of the Christian community. So this isn't a once or twice a year activity uh, and every now and then. No, this is constitutive of what it means to be a follower of Christ, a member of his church. So the biblical evidence portrays. We're not even into the the, um, the traditional evidence, which is replete. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's a... There's a story. It, it may be apocryphal, but it's it's still good. Mm. <laughs> Allegedly, my favorite. Those are the best ones. The, the <laughs> apocryphal stories. Allegedly, Gandhi um, was once in conversation with uh, some Christian missionaries, and they asked him, you know, what, what is it about Christianity that that is a stumbling block for you? Because so much mm. of what you profess seems to be in line with, um, you know, a very humane Christian humanistic view of of uh the person Hmm. and he he remarked that you know i I just don't understand how he's addressing catholics excuse me catholics specifically i I don't understand how you say what you do about the eucharist and don't crawl on your knees to 
church, you know, every moment of the day. Mm. Like if the Eucharist is what you say it is, mm. why aren't you prostrating yourselves every moment of the day mm. and, and, you know, crawling on broken glass if necessary mm. to, to get there to receive it? Mm. Um, it's, it's an interesting point, mm. you know, um, for lots of reasons, but just thinking about what we've, what we've laid out here. Um, it's at the heart of the, it's heart of the Christian life. The source and summit of the Christian life is Vatican II says. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's, that's only because of what, um, what it is ontologically, you know, in, in its being as an extension of the incarnation as, as, as Christ being present now among us. Yes. Yes. The source and summit of the Christian faith, as you said, Vatican II expresses in the sacred uh, constitution on the liturgy. Source and summit, the very beginning, the origin, the groundedness, the foundation, as well as the culmination, the apex. That is a profound, that is a profound declaration of belief Mm -hmm. that the Eucharist itself is that central. And to your point with that, that story, it's for us to have proper disposition. Hmm. When approaching the Lord, mm-hmm. this is not one activity among others. Yeah, nothing to be taken trivially. That's right. That's right. So the Eucharist, at the heart of the Christian community, that's our community, and by means of which we're we're nourished, uh, we become more of who it is that we receive. Augustine writes, mm-hmm. and others echo, and with that, it's always medicine. For the soul, medicine for the soul, um, that God chooses to give to us his very presence so that we can be fortified in a way that elevates us in response to him. That's... I, I don't think I can improve upon that. <laughs> well, I well you you did early actually. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when you when you when you set up the sacrament, <laughs> but uh, and the incarnate, the extension of the incarnate one, you know, the incarnation extended. Friends, we're just continually delighted that many of you are edified in joining the conversation, and just thank you, humbled as well. And we're so enjoying talking about stuff that really matters the most so that it can help us Absolutely, in our in yeah. our fatherhood yeah. be better fathers, That's as right. we've said many times. But we need this help. It's the faith is not a hobby, it's integral to who we are as as people. And if more of us take that to heart and love each other enough to help that take place, we've got all sorts of transformation that's before us. Mm. Iron sharpening iron, to use the uh, the scriptural uh, yeah. imagery. Yeah, from yeah. the book of Proverbs. Yeah. So that's what we're trying to do, and knowing that there are others of you, for new friends, who are participating in the conversation, that sharpens us as well. Mm. It helps us to stay at it, <laughs> which we will. <laughs> He's Rick. I'm Father Dave. We're cast in the net. Friends, he's Rick. And I'm Father Dave, a dad and a priest, together trying to become better fathers by catching Christian faith. Thanks for joining us for our conversation, and we hope that you'll connect with us next week for Casting the Net.